church for birth. I don't care if you're here today and you say, I'm probably not saved. I'm telling you, he's calling your name today. He's calling out to someone today that is not saved in this house and saying, it's time to arise. It's time to come out of your grave. Because see, you've been dead in sin for too long. It's been too long there. But now is the time to rise up. Now is the time to throw off the old man, to throw off the old clothes and say, oh, he's We are passionate about Christ. We're passionate about being rose from the grave. Amen? So I'm going to challenge you. Get passionate today. 
Get passionate about your faith because we're rescuers. We're to go into the world. Get passionate about him today. Amen. You called my name and I ran out of that Thank you. 
seen you move. Oh, we've seen you move the mountain. manifest in our own lives by moving these seemingly unshakable mountains or unmovable mountains in the natural but in his faithfulness and love for us he did it and you know how excited and how loving you are to God when you've seen him fulfill what he has promised he would fulfill I want you to take a moment right now in this, in his presence and just envision those moments of faithfulness of God in your lives and really dwell on his worthiness of our praise. When I praise God, I know that he is worthy of everything that I am. And I hold nothing back. So I challenge you today to hold nothing back. And if there's something that's seemingly unmovable in your life, that praise will break the chains. Step out in faith. I feel it. Step out in faith. Reach out and take it today. Oh, we've seen you move. We've seen you move. Nana 
Yeshe dianda na makarienge dianda bo shoye nerianda. Yeke tite lianda la bokoriene. I am the faithful one that purchased you with my blood. I am the faithful God of covenant. I have made a covenant with you. You are my sons and daughters. My blood covers you. My blood has forgiven you. My blood has restored you. My blood has seated you in heavenly places because of my blood and because of my faithfulness. And understand that I will not leave you nor forsake you. I am the God of covenant. I am the almighty one. There is nothing I cannot do. I am the everlasting God. I am the alpha and the omega and everything in between. So lift your eyes unto me. Lift your eyes unto me and know that there is no mountain, no valley, no river, no fire, no devil that can stand before you. For I have redeemed you with my blood. I have purchased you with a great price and I have seated you on high. So put my word in your mouth. Remind yourself of who I am and understand that what I speak, I will accomplish. I can do it. I am the almighty one. There is nothing too great and too powerful for me that I cannot do it. I will do what I said that I would do. So begin to prophesy over situations, begin to declare my promises and understand that as you speak them out, I will watch over them to perform them and bring them to pass because I am the faithful one who promised.
lift our voice this I was battling coming up here because I got a word just of encouragement, but as I was sitting in my seat, the word of encouragement I don't feel is just for me, but I feel it's for some of the people in the body. And I was sitting here in these songs that we're singing about the grave. I make that personal. He called Shane Jacobs out of the grave. And that's daily. You know, we're supposed to die to ourselves daily. And so when I sing that song, I, I'm sitting here and as we're exalting God, I feel like I got, I'm on the back oh, and I'm just filling the grave back in. I'm just filling the grave back in because I'm keeping the devil under my foot. But see, I got to watch in my personal life if I don't put worship in, if I don't put God's word in, if I don't die daily and be submissive to God. Jesus Christ, be Christ-like, not like anybody else, but Christ-like, I get that shovel out and I start digging my grave. And the problem is, is maybe by lunchtime, Shane's maybe knee-high, and it's easier than to be offended and dig the grave a little deeper. But see, I stand on the promises daily. It says he'll never leave me or forsake me. And when I quote that, He's grabbing my arm, and he's pulling me out. And the more I keep quoting scriptures, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, creating me a clean heart. That encouragement comes because now the, I'm getting out of the hole, but then I start exalting him, and I just bury the hole back over. See, a lot of times I think we think, I know Ashley said it, I grew up in the church. But even as a Christian growing up in the church, I could still have a grave every day. If I'm not submissive to God and get up every morning and pray and read my Bible and, and just listen to worship every day. And the garbage in is garbage out, but good in is good out. And I just love you. I hope this encouraged somebody. If not, it's for me. Hallelujah. <laughs>
I believe the word of the Lord for us today is Luke 37 and 38. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men and women give unto your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet with all shall be measured to you again. And I believe that the Lord is saying, as we learn each other in our place in the body, in our gift, and what's important to us, please don't judge your brother who is not equipped with your equipment. Look unto me, I'm the author, the finisher of your faith. And as you judge not, and as you condemn not, and as you give, it's a three-part blessing. You give kindness, you give mercy, you give grace, you get mercy, you get kindness, you get grace. Do you excuse sin? No. Do you pray for your brother? Yes. This is love in action. It never fails. It will never fail you. Is it eternity for forgiveness? You received it. You give it. Is it eternity to judge not your brother? I don't judge you. The woman that fell at my feet caught in adultery, I could judge her. And I said, go, sin no more. I say unto you, give. I gave my life for you. Give your life for others. I gave you everything and it will cost my life and it will cost you your life it is not a life of self-centeredness of selfish ambition it is a life of lifting another up to bless another to let the light shine from you out of that grave of death let the light come forth because you are full of life you are full of me you are full of the light the truth the way Give it away. worthy <clears throat> what a sacrifice when I was worshiping and even before I just saw I saw that cross and it hit me what a sacrifice that he paid it all a hundred percent and so I have the uh, honors of taking up tithe and offering 
And when I saw the 100%, I saw that, but God only requires us to give 10% and our giving. And I'll just share with you a little bit of a story. Uh, what I had been raised a tither my entire life. I had my parents raised me that way. I understood tithing, but I didn't get the concept behind it. It was just a, I just do it to do it because it's what dad did. And uh, when pastor had preached years ago about giving out of your first fruits, it really hit me. I didn't really even know that. It was a long time ago. But I just thought, man, my first fruits, I've been doing it wrong all these years. And so I had begun to change my thinking. I began to change why I tithe, why I give, because I had taken God out of a place that wasn't first and put him into a place where he belonged first in my life, first in my worship, first in my marriage, first in my tithe. And so I had placed him first. And after I had begun to do this, I had noticed that God had begun to bless me in more ways that, than I could imagine, opening doors that seemed to just be shut financially. And <clears throat> so I'll just share this story with you. Uh, years ago, I had a truck, and it was shortly after I had beginning or began to understand the full concept of this. I had a truck that I had to try to get rid of. And for you who know anything about vehicles, it was a, a Ford six-liter two-wheel drive XL. The worst possible thing you could try to sell in Ohio. Nobody wanted it. It was terrible. But I tried to sell it for a year. A year it went by. And I was up here praying one day, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I want you to believe for $5,000 this week. I said, okay, I'll do that. So I did. I said, God, I believe. I don't know how, I don't know why. I physically can't do that on my own, but I believe. I bound my faith to what God had said to me. Two days passed, <clears throat> and a man texted me. He saw my ad on Craigslist for my truck. His first text, will you take 5,000 cash for your truck? First text. I had one guy come and look at that truck in a year, and he messaged me out of nowhere. Showed up. I didn't even have to start the truck up. I won it. Went to the bank, exchanged it, and left. That is how faithful God is. All I had to do was bind my faith to what he said. And God is faithful to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. If you think about that, above all that you could think, I got a lot of thoughts, and so does my wife. Tell you what. But anyway, yeah, watch it. She'll beat me after church. But... I just want you to think on that, of what God has spoke to you. I don't care if it's been two days, two years, two centuries for some people. Think upon what God has said to you and bind your faith. Change something, your vision of, folk, of, of tithing and giving. It had worked for me 
and I know it'll work for you. There's things I'm still believing for, and I know that God will provide. Things that I can't do on my own, but I know through him I can. So if you need a tithing offering envelope, raise your hand. These wonderful men somewhere will bring you one or behind your pews. And then the silver buckets. All right. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for this time that we have, God. We just, I just pray, Father, a new vision, a new focus of tithing, Father, of, <clears throat> of giving, of seed sowing, God, that, that you're just ordering people's steps, Father. As I'm speaking, I just declare, Father, that these seeds that are being sowed, God, this tithe that is coming forth, Father, for the use, is used for the vision, for the focus of the future of the body. And God, I just thank you for blessing each and every member here. Father, that your hand is upon them. And God, that they are touched today. And we give you the praise and the honor in your name. Amen. Jesus. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be in a place where there's freedom. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm Pastor Randy. I'm one of the pastors here at Only Believe. And uh, I've been, it feels like I've missed you guys because I've been at the Urbana campus with uh, Pastor Kylan and Margot uh, setting up the kids' church from scratch. And uh, it's been really fun, and a lot of uh, our team from over here, our Kids Dream team, have been over there. We've been helping out, building that thing, and we've got lots of volunteers now. Um, and uh, so they start September on their own, but some of our team will be over there to help them out. So that's also encouraging. So I've been over there a lot, helping them out. And then we had our Kenton campus, who just started in their new building. Hallelujah. That was awesome. I know some of you were over there. For them, and uh, that was awesome on that Sunday night. So that was beautiful. So we've been super busy. God's doing a lot of things, and I hope, of course, he's doing something for you out there at home. Uh, we want to welcome all you guys today. Thanks for uh, showing up wherever you are, watching us from wherever you are. Uh, God bless you. First-time visitors online, welcome to Only Believe as well from wherever you're at. So it's good to be here. Uh, I know that today at 2 o'clock there's a car show, so... Um, I'm not going to be putting my F-250 Super Duty 2003 truck in that car show. Uh, it won't make it, <laughs> but uh, that's going to be there. And I get the honor of doing the Pastor's Choice Award. So there's going to be one person that loves me and a hundred guys that hate me, I'm sure. So 
Oh, well, that's going to be fun today at 2 o'clock, so stick around or go eat lunch, come back, and check out the car show today. So now, does everybody have one of these sheets that got passed out to you? I hope you do. You have one of these. This is our next steps, step four sheet that uh, you should have got today because that's what I'm going to be talking about. Today, for the last three weeks, we have been discussing our next steps, something new that we're doing here at Only Believe for everybody. And our first week, we started out, Pastor Nicole started out by talking about um, where we are. And it's who is Only Believe in the past and our founders, Pastor Peter and Phyllis Dosek, where we came from. That was sweet. And then, of course, we have four goals for you on that one. And number one is to know God. Number two, find freedom. Number three, discover your purpose. And number four, what we're going to discuss today, make a difference. All right, so those were the things. And then Pastor Dosek then uh, did the next lesson, which was where do I start? He gave us the statement of faith and told us some things that we can do, four healthy habits that were study and pray, that were fellowship with other believers, living a spirit-led life, and giving of ourselves, our time, our talents, and our treasures. Those were the things he talked about. And then last week, again, while I was in Urbana, Pastor Dosick and Pastor Phil was also in Urbana with me. Pastor Nicole talked on living, or um, talked on discovering your purpose. So hopefully she did a good job. I didn't get a chance to uh, check that out, uh, to listen to that. So, all right, amen, amen. So you had three people that liked it, Nicole. That's beautiful. So that's awesome. <laughs> and so today, I'm going to finish this whole series up, these whole next steps with make a difference. So I want to say it this way in opening up with today. You can't make a difference if you haven't discovered your purpose. And you can't discover your purpose if you haven't found freedom. And you can't find true freedom until, of course, we know Jesus, we know God. That's right. That's just, that's it in a nutshell. All right, so number one, the statement that I want to make today is I want to make a difference. Who wants to make a difference? All right, who wants to make a difference in this world? I know I do. I do, and I hope you do as well. And my statement is, is making a difference is serving others, and that is life-giving. All right, it's life-giving when we serve others. Now, Nicole loves coffee, okay? It's, it's no secret. The whole family loves coffee, but I don't drink coffee, never have, never will. I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need the Red Bulls. I don't need anything. I wake up like this, and I go to bed like this. It's just... <laughs> it's just part of my DNA. So continue to pray for Nicole. It's too late. 29 years, it's over. Don't pray for her anymore. Nothing's going to change. But she loves coffee. So every morning she gets up, the first thing she does, I, I guess she brushes her teeth sometimes, I don't know, but she goes straight to McDonald's and she buys a medium cup of her addiction every morning. Every, hallelujah. <laughs> every single morning, that's what she does. Uh, no failure, she, that's what she does. And so sometimes... If I'm up before her, which is rarely, uh, <laughs> she's got her dad in her at 6 a.m. stuff, 5.30 stuff. Woo, oh man. But so if I'm up before her, I will go to McDonald's before her. I will go get that straight black cup of coffee and I'll go bring it and sit it on the counter. 
Now, when she comes down, you know, she's happy. Oh, well, thank you, honey. Oh, you're welcome. And she's happy. And of course, when she's happy, I'm happy. All right? You know, guys, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Now, yeah, it's, it's a very small thing, but I'm still serving someone else in that small capacity, even though it's small. So it doesn't matter how you serve somebody, whether it's large, whether it's small, you're still serving. And it is making a difference. And let me tell you, it makes a difference in our house when she has that. And let me tell you something else. It is also life-giving and life-changing because all of our lives are better when she has her coffee. How many of you can say the same thing? Huh? I, come on. Ain't that right, Lincoln? So he's just like her, though, which is so sad. But, and thank you. It's, yeah, Lincoln, he's, he's in college. He's down at Ohio Christian University. He came up this weekend. Good to see my boy. Wait, get up there and wave, man. Come on, Lincoln. Stand up and wave. Six foot one. That's my boy right there. Yeah. So we're proud of him. So he's back for the weekend. He must have needed some money or some laundry done or something. I don't know. But <laughs> Anyhow, or both. Yeah, or both. Hallelujah. So I want to make a difference. Even though it's a small thing, you're still doing something for somebody else, and it's helping. You're never going to be happy until you are doing something for somebody else. It says that right there in your notes. Listen, there's not enough vacations. There's not enough time. There's not enough places. There's not enough things. There's not enough relationships that will satisfy you until you are doing something for someone else. And that is a true story, impacting someone else's life. And I don't want you to take my word for it because we're going to go through some stuff here where it's going to be more than just my word. But there was a man I found, his name was Albert Schweitzer. He was born in 1875. How many of you were born in 18? Okay. All right. Now, he lived uh, up until like 1965, so I can't imagine the changes that he saw from horse and buggy to the car, man, to that F Ford 150 that he got rid of. I mean, just it's amazing the changes that that guy got to see in life. But Albert Schweitzer was a pastor's son, and he did some amazing things. He was a theologian, he was an organist, he was a writer, a humanitarian, a philosopher, and a physician. How many of you have that many credits under your belt? Raise your hand. Uh, one, one, right there, Pastor. <laughs> okay, Pastor, we'll talk afterwards, all right? All right. So our Dayton campus pastor raised his hand. All right, we'll, we'll see about that. But that's a lot of credits. That's a lot of uh, things that he has done. But one thing that he was known for, and also, he won three great prizes, including the Nobel Peace Prize. So, Pastor Rick, have you won the Nobel Peace Prize yet? Not yet. Not yet. He's got you beat then, okay? He's got you beat. He's working on it. But he has so many things that he has done. He's very smart, very intelligent. I'm sure he hung around so many smart people. I'm sure he was wealthy, and he did so many things for America and for Africa, built a hospital with just him and his wife, and before he died, ended up having 70 buildings and 250 people in Africa work under him. Wow, what an accomplishment, and that alone. But he is known for one statement that I thought was amazing, and that statement is this. The purpose of human life is to serve and to show compassion and the will to help others. I find it interesting what he did not say. The purpose of human life is to have the biggest house in the neighborhood. The purpose in life is to have a huge bank account. 
The purpose in life is to have the hottest wife in the neighborhood, which I do have anyway, but it wasn't the pur my purpose, but you know. <laughs> she didn't even listen. There went the brownie points for that one. Whatever. Okay. But he says the purpose of human life is to serve to serve and to show compassion and the will to help others. All that he did, all that he accomplished, the Nobel Peace Prize, all that really didn't matter to him, that statement mattered to him. And it's a true statement, but it wasn't his statement. As homolytical, homolytical, homonitical as he was, he didn't come up with that statement. And it's not our statement. That's God's statement. And I'm going to show you that right now. If you have your Bibles, turn to... 2 Timothy 1 9. 2 Timothy 1 9. We are talking about making an impact today. And it says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling? Well, who would that be? Did the devil save us? No, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy everything we have, want. No, God comes. God comes, he saved us, and he called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ. Check this out. Look at this. Before time began. Whoa, it's settled. Before you and I were even thought of, this was our goal for us. Now, I want to read it in the Message Bible. I wrote this one down because I thought this was unique how it said it. It says, God saved us and then called us to this holy work. We had nothing to do with it. It was all his idea. A gift prepared for us in Jesus long before we knew anything about it. Amen. That's awesome. So that's not our idea. Serving others, doing things for somebody else, making a difference in other people's lives other than our own is not our idea. And it wasn't Mr. Schweitzer's idea. No, it was God's idea. 2 Timothy 1.9. Now go to Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10 says this. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Everybody say beforehand that we should walk in them. Wow. So we were wired to want to make a difference. Before we were even born, we were wired to want to make a difference. Somewhere inside, we know that you want to let your life count for somebody else's sake. Amen? Amen? So number one, I want to make a difference. And the second point in the fourth step of the Next Step program, say that real fast ten times, is to doing something that makes a difference. Doing something that makes a difference. And I know you might question this, and this might be your question is, well, how do I know that what I'm doing is making a difference? That's a great question. I had that question myself. And man, thank God for the Bible because it gave me the answer. Now, I know that people work in soup kitchens. I've done that. I, I, we have adopt the highways where we go out and pick up trash so our roads and, and streets look great. Um, 
man, we, uh, we help orphan kids. I mean, we give money to dogs that are being abused. Uh, we recycle our garbage. Wow, that's got to make a difference. I, but, but is it really making a difference? And what I'm doing changing lives? It's a great question. And I found the answer, of course, in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 3. Are you listening today? All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And it says in verse 12. Now if anyone, are you in anyone? Yes, we're in anyone. Builds on this foundation. What foundation? The foundation that's right here on this earth. This foundation. If. We build on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw. Each one's works will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work, or what sort that it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as though through fire. Boom. Answer. Now, I don't know about you, but I never saw that scripture verse before. I was like, wow, that's amazing to me. This scripture verse lets us know that it, what we are doing, is it good? Is it worth it? Some people are doing things, but they're not making a difference. True story. There are people who do a lot, but is it worth it if it's not showing up in heaven? <laughs> wow, that's a great question. If the work you do or did does not show up in heaven, or if the work that you do does show up in heaven, you're going to receive a reward. It's what it says. It's either going to be gold, silver, or precious stone. But if not, you will suffer loss. But you're still going to be saved. And we find that in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for we're saved through grace, not by works, so nobody can boast. That's why. Because you know people, well, let me tell you something, man. I won 289,000 people to the Lord while I was on this earth. Well, that's, that's pretty good, bro. But you know what? I built 4,000 churches while I was on this earth. Oh, yeah? Well, you know what I did? Man, I saved all kinds of people from divorce when I was on. I mean, man, it could go on for eternity. So God's like, it ain't going to happen by works. We're saved through grace. But we do expect to work while we're on this earth. And right there, 1 Corinthians says it. What you do down here, is it going to make it to heaven? Are you going to get a reward for it? Or is it going to burn? Is what you're doing made out of wood, stubble, grass? Or is it made out of fine stones, precious stones, gold, and silver? It's a great question. It's a great question. You will make it to heaven, the Bible said right here at the end, but you didn't basically live up to your full potential that God had for you. And I guess when I'm thinking about that, man, I, I, don't, I definitely don't want all my stuff to burn up. I want to do something that makes a difference and makes it to heaven. But if I'm doing something that isn't making a difference, then... And it's all burned up, and I'm saved. Thank God I made it, and I didn't live up to my full potential. That would mean that 
somebody's life I could have touched but didn't get touched. That means I, I didn't do what the Lord wanted me to do and maybe somebody went to hell. Whew. That's a tough question. And that just it makes you think, man, on the inside. And I was thinking of those things and, and, and you just got to like, wow, am I doing what's going to make a difference, what's going to change somebody else's life? Or am I doing something for myself? Am I growing myself? It's a good question. Hallelujah. So, doing eternal things is what makes a difference. Amen. And let me say it this way, too. If we take our clothing trailer out, or a hot dog cart, like we do every weekend down at the square in Sydney, and Brother Dave, he helps do that, and a lot of you people help out with that. That's great. I believe that's making a difference. I believe that when David gets to heaven... That's going to withstand fire. And he's going to see gold and silver and precious stones, and some of us are going to be jealous. <laughs> but if we don't share Jesus, when we take that thing wherever we go, we lose. Amen. We lose. We lose. But now, on the other hand, look at it this way. If we share Jesus, but then we don't help people, we don't do something for them, we don't meet their needs, then we also lose. So, social justice and spiritual justice have to combine. They work together to do good. And there's lots of churches, there's lots of people out there only doing one or only doing the other. But we've got to do both together. Amen? Come on, somebody, amen. All right. Hallelujah. So, Hallelujah. We are here to make a difference, doing something that makes a difference, or you can say it this way. We should be doing something that will withstand the fire and show up in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, number one, I want to make a difference. Number two, doing something that makes a difference. And number three, with people who want to make a difference. Have you ever been with somebody who didn't want to do what you wanted to do? <laughs> Everybody can raise their hand, right? You know, I, uh, Greg Weingartner and Jamie Compton and myself, we, we kind of have this little bromance going on. It's, it's, it's a good bromance. And we, we, we kind of help each other out. We talk to each other. We encourage each other. We dig on each other. And we go to the gym sometimes together. Sometimes, I say. We got to get back into that. But anyhow, there'll be times when Jamie calls, texts me, hey, you going to the gym today at 4? And I'll go, Yeah. And he'll go, I don't feel like going. And I'll go, well, let's see what Greg's doing. And Greg's like, I really don't want to go either. And uh, I'm like, you know, but we got to go, guys. We've missed a couple days. Let's go. And Jamie says, well, why don't we just skip man and, and go eat dinner? <laughs> and then Greg will be like, yeah, sounds like a good idea. I'm like, no, we got to go. Come on. We're going to the gym at 4 o'clock. I'll see both of you there. And we show up there. And we do the workout. Or sometimes, you know, Greg will call and say, hey, y'all, are you ready? And, and then I'll say, man, I'd rather go to Pete's ice cream instead. Yeah, let's do that. Let's skip the gym today. And then one of the other guys said, no, man, we got we to work out today. Or when we're at the gym, you know, I really don't feel like doing this, y'all. You know, well, come on, man, get into it. So we help each other. We encourage each other. But there are times when we get around people that don't want to do what we do. And, man, that is so, like, it's a downer. You know, it, your kids... 
Uh, they don't want to do this, you know, I don't want to go. Why do I have to go? Why can't I sit in my room and close the blinds and, and do this for three more hours? You know, we're in ridiculousness. Well, we're going to go to King's Island. I don't want to go. It's too hot. i got to wear a mask. It's ridiculous. I don't want to sit in my room. It's just a downer when people don't want to do what you want to do. All right? So when we're helping, when we're doing something, we want to do it with other people who have the same vision, the same fire, the same drive, that also want to make a difference. Amen? Hallelujah. I know I do. I don't want to have to be kicking this guy all the time. Come on, man. Do your job. Let's go. I don't want that. I want somebody who, who's happy and wants to do what I want to do. So with people who want to make a difference. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Mm. Well, and I know this. There are people who say, well, I don't need anybody. I can do this myself. God gave me the ministry. He didn't talk to nobody else, so I'm going to handle this all on my own. Well, I'm going to just tell you right there, that in a loving, compassionate pastoral way, you're wrong. All right, you're wrong. <laughs> as loving as I can make it. That's, that's not scriptural, y'all. It's not. And I'm going to prove it to you right here. Usually, though, when God is developing you, He saved you, He's called you, and now you're growing in God. You're developing your spiritual gifts and your talents, and you're studying to show yourself approved. Usually that is on your own. Usually God is helping you and showing you things and develop you on your, developing you on your own. I remember Pastor Dosek, when he, God called him to the ministry. Yeah, it was all by himself, man. He had to study. Pastor Phil still went to work. God called him to go to Chicago or some kind of a Bible conference. He drove all the way up there. He sat through the whole thing on the way home. God said, now that's what I don't want you to do. Woo! All that was on his own. Growing him, helping him spiritually getting him ready and prepared for the ministry. But when he hit the foot to the plow, it wasn't by himself. It was with a team. Now, it might have been at that time a team of one, Pastor Phyllis, who probably didn't want to, <laughs> like we just talked about, with others that want to, but it was with a team. And let me tell you, Jesus is the prime example of that. Yeah, what was he doing when he was a kid? He was learning. He was growing in God. Remember, his parents couldn't find him one day. They got all freaked out. Where when they found him, where were you at, Jesus? Bend over, boy. <laughs> he said, hey, you know where I'm at. I'm in the temple. I'm learning. I'm studying. I'm listening. I'm watching. I'm praying at 12. And then when he got ready to start his ministry beforehand, where did he go? God, the Holy Spirit, led him out to the desert alone by himself for 40 days and 40 nights, ministering him, talking to him, growing in God, learning, fellowshipping. But the day that he started his ministry, he grabbed a team. And we all know those were the 12 disciples. Prime example. So he's going to put you with a team. He's going to put you with somebody to work with, to help. It's not going to be by yourself. Amen? Am I preaching? I hope so. <laughs> All right. And a team is simply called the body of Christ. This team is anyway. You're a body part. We've talked about this for years. You become a part of the team, of the body of Christ. Your talents and your giftings and your desire to make a difference helps the whole body. So if you're a foot, 
Hello, that's great. I'm a foot, but you're not going to do anything without the ankle connected to the foot. And that ankle ain't going to do anything without the leg and the knee. And the knee ain't going to do anything without the thigh. And the thigh ain't going to do anything without the hip. It's all connected. It all helps each other. We're a team. You're a team. All right? I, you might be the finger. Praise God for the finger. It, like I said, it may not be something that's humongous. It may not be a stage presence. And thank God if it isn't. But you're still a vital part of the body. If that vein didn't work, your body's messed up. Right? If that blinker didn't work, your eye'd be messed up. It's a small part, but it's vital. And it's huge. If that nose hair didn't work, I don't know what happens because we clip them. I don't know. But it's there for a reason. I guess it holds dust back. I don't know. But it's vital. Every part is vital. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. That's right. You have to get connected to the team. And so the final stage of this next step journey is getting on a team and building relationships. And that is what the gift assessment is for. How many of you have filled out that gift assessment sheet? I know I filled mine out a while back. Some of you haven't filled it out. Some of you may just got it today. I, what I did was, is when I filled mine out, it was fun for me. I thought it was awesome. I, I didn't see it as, a, as some kind of a test or, or whatever. People get all freaky and weird about tests. I did too, because all I got was Fs, Ds and Fs in school. Fine and dandies, okay? So I hate tests myself. If I'm like you. I barely made it out of high school. Man, I got a D. I got two Ds on my report card. My mom and dad were so happy they bought me a car. I'm serious. That's not a lie. A citation hatchback because I got two Ds. We are so proud of you, son. <laughs> Where's the car keys? I'm not kidding. It's not the true story. So I hate tests. And this isn't a test. It's a gift assessment to find out your strengths. To find out what you're good at. And man, I couldn't wait to fill mine out. It was fun for me to fill it out. I had to fill it out honestly, of course, you know. Because some things, man, I was like, oh, man, I'm grieving the Holy Spirit. Nope. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. But I had to be honest about it, all right? The first test I've ever been honest on. <laughs> Woo! I didn't, I didn't have to do this. Okay, A, B. <laughs> it was great. But when I filled it out and I got my answers... I'm going to let you all out there tell me if my gift assessment was correct. This is what it says that I am. I am an ID, is what it says, an ID. And an ID is this. We are persuaders who are outgoing and energetic. No kidding. We enjoy large groups and use our power of influence to attain respect and convince people to follow our lead. Why are you laughing? Sometimes we can be viewed as fidgety and nervous. <laughs> but it comes from our need to be a part of, a cha of challenges that uh, have variety, freedom, and mobility. Uh, we could benefit from learning to look before we leap. <laughs> oh, and, spread it, and spending more time being studious and still. <laughs> We make inspiring leaders and know how to get results from and through people. Wow. Now, does that really sound like me? <laughs> wow. I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly like me. Wow. I mean, I learned something. So that's why we do this. That's why I did this. Make sure I'm where I'm kind of supposed to be. 
And then, of course, there's the giftings and the talents that also on another page that we learn about as well. So when we want to be on a team, making a difference with a team, this just helps us find out, well, man, this, no wonder I'm not happy over in this area because it just really isn't me, you know? Or, man, I'm right where I'm at. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Or, you know, whatever it is. But that's what these are for. So these gift assessments will help you, just put you in a place where, you know, it'll help you grow better and you're happy and, and, all, and be other people that are like you, all right? I found out that I am a minority in this congregation with this ID. So I think Shane Jacobs is probably an ID, aren't you, brother? You're not. You're lying. Your test lied to you, boy. You're outgoing. An IS. I don't even know what that means. So uh, you should have been an ID instead of an I is, okay? <laughs> but, you know, but we are minor I'm a minority here. Pastor, Pastor Tim LeMaster, he is with me. So, and Jordan? Oh, Jordan. Oh, of course, Jordan Dodds. Yeah, he's back there on the camera. He's like me also. We're minorities in this place, man. Yeah, we're becoming extinct. The other day, I came in the office and Pastor, Pastor Tim says, man, look at you, bro. It looks, it looks good. It's awesome to see another part of an extinction walking in the office. I said, amen. 75% are people like Nicole, Pastor Nicole in here. All y'all are fun crushers, fund crushers, not happy, sit in a corner with your little book all night. No, man, we want to be like us, partying. Boom, 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 boom. I mean, with people. Hallelujah. <laughs> but this will help you. If you haven't done these, fill this out. It's fun. It's exciting. Turn it back in. It'll be good for you. Ecclesiastics 4.9 says, two are better than one. Can somebody say amen? amen? Because they have a good reward for their labor or for their work. So being part of a dream team is not only getting to make a contribution but you will end up in a community, people that love you, and you'll get to work with those type of people. You get to be on a winning team. You get to party with your friends. And you get to celebrate the wins in your ministry together, which is so awesome. My clothing statement, there's nothing more life-giving than giving your life away, making a difference in the service of others. Come on, somebody give Jesus a hand for that. Amen. Hallelujah. It's true. It's true. But my main point is this. You might be sitting there going, wow, that's a lot of information. That's, that's amazing. And I love that. And you might be sitting there and going, but Pastor Randy, I even even hit step one in the goals that this church has for you. I... You know, I don't even know God. I don't know God the way I need to know Him. And therefore, I'm not free. I can't find freedom because I don't know God. I think I do, but man, when I hear you talking, I just, I feel empty inside. I, I want to know Him better. I want to know Him intimately. You might be saying, hey, I ain't saved. I, I don't know anything about God. Man, this is my first time here. You know, it, it sounds great, and I, I, I feel that inside. I, I feel him tugging at my heart. Listen, he loves you so much, and he don't care what you've done, what you've been through. Sometimes finding freedom is the hardest part of this goal. Hardest part. And I'll be talking about that Wednesday night. I'll be talking about the past. We had sign-ups out there, and you guys will be doing our first small group. For those that stay in here, we're going to be talking about the past. And I'll be teaching on that. But if you don't know God, you can't go any further. 
any further at all. So if you're sitting out there, anywhere out there, you're sitting at home, you're sitting wherever in your car, wherever you're at, wherever you're watching, and you don't know God, that's the first step to freedom. The first step to freedom. Everybody has to take that first step. I had to take that first step. You have to take that first step. It's an easy step, but man, the devil makes it so hard, but it's so easy. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is confess Jesus, Lord, of your, Lord and Savior of your life. I have sinned. Now, if you're sitting there and you say, well, hey, Pastor Ray, that's me. I don't know him. Or, you know what? I used to know him years ago. I don't know him anymore, man. I, I have no clue. And I just want you to slip up your hand right where you're at. Slip so I can see it, because I want to pray for you. Wherever you're at, slip it up. Be honest. All right, listen, God died on the cross for you naked. He didn't have a loincloth on like the movie showed. He was naked. Anywhere in this building, if that's you, just raise your hand. Slip it up, because I'm going to just pray for you. Anybody at all? Anybody, anybody? I can't see. Anybody see anybody? Okay. All right, everybody's good. So if Jesus came back right now, bam, we'd all go to heaven, right? We'd all go to heaven. I hope so. I hope so. Amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand. Come on, hallelujah. Glory. Glory, glory, glory. As I close today, you have on your, your next steps, step four that I talked to you about, on the back page, you will have what we call the dream teams. All right, there's a slip back there. And all you have to do is fill it out today. And there's so many things that you might be interested in. All right, again, when you took that assessment, you might say, well, you know what, I, I don't like the area I'm working in. I want to change it to something else. That's fantastic. You can do that, all right? Or you can say, I'm right where I'm at. Or you, if you want to add to something that you're doing. And uh, hallelujah, add to it. You know, you can do that as well. Um, but just fill this thing out, and we're going to get back with you within one week. And we're going to talk to you about the areas that you want. And, you know, and I do this when it comes to kids' church, because obviously kids are very important. When you find out that at the age of 18, 94% of children give their life to Christ before the age of 18, you know that kids' church is very vital and very important to the kingdom of God. Because, man, what's out there, whoo, they're fighting for, for your kids, man. They want everything out there in the world. It's, it's crazy, crazy stuff that's going on. So it's safety in here. We're teaching your kids in here. It's not babysitting. But, you know, let's say that you don't like something, and this is what I do. Hey, I want to try the nursery, but it didn't work, so I want to try the two-year-olds. You, you can do that, and you can do that in any area of the church. All you have to do is go out there and say, you know what, I, just, I'm, I really don't like that area, and, you know, it's fine. You know, just go to another area. You know, do something that you love, that feels good, that's helping make a difference with other people. Amen? So fill these out. If you've never done something before, hey, hallelujah, this is your first time. to Do something that's making a difference, that's going to stand the fire when you get to heaven. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody stand up with me today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time. Because that's his nature. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, Pastor Nicole, is there anything you want to say before we close out with prayer today? You good? You feeling good? You want to take me out to lunch today? Oh, praise the Lord. All right. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today. I thank you so much for this congregation. I thank you so much for these people, their lives. God, I thank you that today they, they got a little bit more of revelation. They got a little bit more of, of what we want for them, the goals that we want for them. 
God, what you want for them. God, I thank you for opening their eyes, their spiritual eyes, their hearts today. Lord God, to want to make a difference for somebody else other than themselves. That's what life is about. Hallelujah. To know you and to know what I'm supposed to do in this life. God, I thank you that they're learning those things every week. God, as they go today, I ask you to bless each and every one of them. I pour a blessing out to them, a blessing to their family, God. Bless their kids. Bless their jobs. Bless their homes. Bless their workplaces. Everywhere they put their foot, God, I thank you that you have gone before them. You have given them favor with every person they come in contact with. And that, God, when they take those cards to people, you're drawing them to people to witness to them. Lord God, inviting them to church to know you. Thank you for opening those doors and bringing people by their path for that as well. God, I plead the blood over everybody, God, safety as well. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. amen. You're dismissed. And drop these off back at the Welcome Center if you have them filled out already. God bless you guys. We'll see you Wednesday night for small groups. Praise the Lord. Enjoy your week. Hey everybody, I just want to thank you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed service. Today was our last step, step four. If you have not gone through the other steps, feel free to go back on Facebook or live streaming and Hey everybody, I just want to thank you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed service. Today was our last step, step four. If you have not gone through the other steps, feel free to go back on Facebook or live streaming and check it out. If not, I hope to see you next week.